Welcome back to an overdue next episode of Cinema is Life, the show about life, death, and the films that shape us. We were forced to kind of take a bit of a break due to scheduling conflicts and a scarcity of new guests. When I started this passion project, I figured I'd be lucky to get five people to participate, and I can't tell you how thrilled I am to have gotten over three times that many before we kind of stalled out. Uh, I do have a few folks lined up, so hopefully we can keep this thing going for a little while. And if you're interested in being a guest, hit me up. Maybe we can work something out. Today we're bringing in handsome boy Charlie Thrower back from the dead. Charlie came in on episode 13 and was more than happy to answer the call when I started looking for new people to record with again. So without further delay, I bring you episode 19 of Cinema is Life, the rebirth of Charlie Thrower. Welcome back to another episode of Cinema is Life. I'm your host, Neil Turnage. It's been a minute since our last episode. Some of that's been scheduling issues. Some of that's just been on me. So we treat that first batch of uh, episodes that we had as season one. And coming to you now with the first episode of season two, I'm bringing back one of our uh, more popular guests, Mr. Charlie Thrower. How are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. We're back up in that ass with the resurrection. <laughs> that's right man that's right yeah last time around we killed you off you got hit by a bus in the last episode but you know because there's still work for you to do here on this earth we're bringing you back re 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 rebirth remix we're gonna frankenstein it back together there you go man we gotta stitch you back up and put all those pieces back together <laughs> um you know when i bring you back to life I want to give you the opportunity to come back to any point in your life you want. You can go back to a simpler time when things were easy and you didn't have as much responsibility. You can come back to right now if you're in a really good place, or you can skip ahead to some good stuff. You know, maybe you want to jump to retirement, grandkids, whatever it is. If if you could be brought back to life or go back or forward to a specific time in your life, when would that be? Well, there, there's there's two answers there. Uh, the the part of me says come back now. You know, I, I have a beautiful life with a beautiful family and a beautiful wife. So there's part of me that says, do it now. And then there's the other part of me that says, let's go back to 29 years old when I left Virginia and I moved to Arizona. Let's just skip Arizona and Texas and we'll just go straight to Pennsylvania because I know where my wife is. So we have <laughs> that, that that 10 years together before. So you, you can find her sooner. Met. Yeah. There you so go. That says, let's do it. At th- come back at 30. Hey, I like that. I like that. Use that knowledge you have now to go back and, and get your girl sooner and spend more time. I love it. Yeah. That's spend fantastic. more time and actually, you know, um, have kids together, you know, cause we're, mm-hmm. we're trying now, but you know, we're, I'll be 45 at the end of the month. She is 45. So, you know, yeah. by the time we have a kid and they're like out of high school, we'll be like in our sixties. So there's that hey. part of me that says, well, let's do move things up a little bit. I'm an older dad. You know, my kid was, I was right at 40 when she was born. And, you know, if you want them, there's, there's no time that's too late. I'll yeah. say that much. And uh, I knowing you, man, you're going to be an awesome dad. If that, uh, if that's in the cards for you guys and uh, Stop. you're making me crossing blush. my fingers for you. Helping. You're making me blush. <laughs> All good. All good. Tell me what you've been up to lately. You know, now that you're back in the, in the land of the living, uh, what has work, been occupying work, Charlie work, Thrower's time? Work, work. work. Uh, I got a second job at Target working on the weekend. So I'm working seven days straight, like 60 hours a week. So, Make yeah, that work. money, man. <laughs> <laughs> trying. I'm trying. Um, my cousin is getting married in November. So we're driving down to Atlanta because I ain't getting on a fucking plane. <laughs> but um, yeah, so my cousin's getting married in November down in Atlanta. So we're saving up money and just, you know, got to get that paper. Yeah, means to an ends, but at least you're doing it for something, you know, fun and not necessarily just to keep the lights on. Well, there's a little a, bit of that that's too. A, that's well, that's a really struggle, way. and you know, at least you've got something fun to put uh, to put into your mix. Yeah, like so. I said, it's it's mostly for the wedding, but there is some of the hey, we got a light bill to pay. <laughs> All right, Daddy already got yeah. that. Here you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, this being a film podcast. You know, we went through the last time around and asked a whole bunch of questions related to uh, how the folks in heaven would like to get to know you. And now that we're sending you back to Earth, there's a lot of stuff that we uh, also still want to know. And there's there's a lot of questions that I have. Okay. And 
You got you know, questions, I got answers. There you go. Just, and just when you think you got all the answers, I changed the question. There you go. Ah, uh, who said that? So speaking <laughs> of, uh, since you brought up a wrestling, uh, wrestling <laughs> my, my Roddy Piper. Uh, reference there, did you uh, acknowledge your tribal chief today? Yeah, I dropped her off at school this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know what you're talking about, the, the Roman Reigns deal. She's, uh, so, we just put her to bed, or we read her a nighttime story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's... Uh, She's she's doing great, man. My my good, kid is good, good. is anybody that listens to this podcast is probably already uh, familiar with my Facebook feed, and and chances are if I'm not posting pictures of her, I'm talking about her. Uh, hey, I'm hey, that nothing, annoying hey, dad because I can't with myself. Nothing wrong with that. But um, no, the the questions I want to know, you know, pertain to a little bit more now, and that is what is the most recent film you've seen. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the theaters. It can be a you know TV movie or or a, a movie you saw on TV or streaming. But it, it can also you can also default to. Uh, uh, I think it was Sunday theater. night. Yeah, uh, no, it was yeah, it was Saturday night because uh, I had to work at the crack of fuck on a Sunday. But um, Saturday night we watched uh, Lightyear. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. I have not seen that yet. It's on the list. You know, with it being space and there being some aliens and whatnot, I feel like there might be some scenes that maybe girl might find a little intense, but she thought, she thought the Minions movie was a little intense. So, you yeah. know, the threshold is very low for her. Yeah, there's like some scary robots in there. So, yeah. You know, I never thought that or when I was screening stuff for my daughter. Mm-hmm. I always thought that it would be scary images that would really give her pause. Right. And it turns out she don't care. She's <laughs> not scared. We watched Hotel Transylvania, the uh-huh. most recent one, and it's full of mummies, goblins, Frankenstein, werewolves, and yeah. werewolves, blobs. It's got all of that stuff. Not one bit of trepidation from her at all. She thought it was cute. All of it. <laughs> we watch uh, Minions, yeah. and you know, two characters are getting chased. That's when it she gets anxious. <laughs> she doesn't like people in peril. She doesn't like folks getting chased. She doesn't like people being mad at each other. Like mm-hmm. that's the stuff that scares her. She'll go hide behind the couch if she sees people arguing. She, um, you know, she'll she'll hide her face if she sees people running from something or being chased by something. Like that's yeah, I that's was, the I stuff. I remember her. growing up when I was like your daughter's age, maybe a little bit older, but I can remember when I was your daughter's age. And um, what is it? Is it Temple of the Doom or is it uh, Raiders where the guy's face melts? Oh, that's Raiders. That's the yeah, end of Raiders. I remember that as a kid just petrified me. <laughs> um, yeah, that took a hard left turn, didn't it? <laughs> it, it did. It, it truly did. But yeah, uh, same thing. Like, um, the thriller video. I remember when uh-huh. the thriller video came out. Like I had the making of thriller on Betamax. Yeah. But and 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 the zombies, like I was I was scared shitless. And my mom and dad were like, It's it's okay, it's okay. It's just it's TV, it's okay. Yeah, scared to hell. <laughs> it out. don't matter to a kid though. It, it don't. It really don't. When you're four or five, it no. So what'd you think of Buzz uh, of Lightyear? I liked it. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. Good. Really, really good. Um, and the way it connects with the, uh, the Toy Story universe, um, it, it makes perfect sense. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Interesting. I, I was wondering, because you've got a movie about a toy that was based on a cartoon. To- that's based on, um, a toy that's based off a movie that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I figured they'll get there how they get there. Yeah, at some like point the I'll watch it. is really cool and they did a fantastic job with it. Mm-hmm. And um the guy who during like I want to say like Toy Story 2, 3 and 4, the guy who did like a lot of the motion capture or characteristics of Buzz, he wrote and directed this movie. Oh, and okay. the original people from Toy Story have a lot of input into it, into the movie and stuff like that. So they did a really really good job with it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And uh Spoiler alert, but like uh, Chris Evans, mm-hmm. like the way he talks and his mannerisms, you can kind of see like, oh, so that's where the toy gets it from, you know, things like okay. that. Yeah. 
Okay, so now, they kind of reverse engineered Tim Allen, but yeah, you can really see like, oh, okay, and that's why he does it. I, I think that's pretty clever. Yeah, uh, you might as well, you know, lean into it a little bit. Did you so, uh, have you have you seen Soul yet? You know, I have. Well, uh, just keep on going. I already know your answer. I have it on my list. Uh, we watched the trailer for it the other day. Yeah, it's, and, it's beautiful. Uh, Luca, uh, Luca is a really good one too. Have we have seen, seen Luca. We, yeah, I really we like that, that one. one. Uh, yeah, you know, the basically all the kids' movies have been on our list. We just watched Luck, which premiered on Apple TV over the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's by. Um... Not DreamWorks, but the other studio. Yeah, I, yeah, know what what, I don't know which one it is. It's it's not Pixar. It's not DreamWorks. Yeah, I think it's like Blue Sky or something like that. Yeah, the Charlie Brown movie. Right, and and it's well done. Great, the animation is is good. Characters are bright and lively and stuff. Um, it's one of those movies, kind of like Encanto, where there is no villain, no like outright villain. Okay, it's more of a situation that they're working through, gotcha. which was perfect for us. Uh, it's great for you know the little so ones. Similar to a um, Coco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In a lot of ways, it's similar to Coco and Encanto and and now Luck, where you know you're not fighting some big bad. You're you are trying to rectify a situation. Oh, cool. Um, and you know, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that the lead voice actor is a uh, a Filipina actress. There you she, go. Um, you know. We're getting a lot of spotlight nowadays with uh, movies like uh, Easter Sunday, the new Joe, Joe Coy movie. And uh, this woman was in that as well as this. So, um, you know what I just found out? Speaking of Filipinos and speaking of wrestlers, you know what I just found out? Mm-hmm. I just found out Batista's Filipino. Yeah. Filipino descent. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, he's he's Mestizo. He's half. And uh, <laughs> probably the biggest one we have. Hey, take it. Yeah, yeah. Probably, Batista is a pretty is popular big, um, Filipino name. Yeah, Batista is a pretty popular Filipino name, uh, and he's turned out to be a pretty good actor. You know, he uh, he has some insecurities that he's grown up with being uh-huh. as as big as he is. You know, he part of him working out and getting to the size that he was is he felt like he was bullied and he was insecure about, yeah, uh, you know, just his his he wasn't comfortable in his own skin in a lot of ways um so that's why you see him take a lot of comedic roles you see him take a lot of kind of introspective roles and stuff like that he doesn't uh, i love him in guardians he's perfect for drag oh he's he's the best i I don't i don't i really don't think you could cast that character anybody but drax he's perfect for it well you you see guys like um like Dwayne Johnson and John Cena, and they have a lot of very typical action roles. Mm-hmm. And Batista doesn't have a lot of that, you know. No. For the most part, he's been most of his roles have couldn't have taken a little bit of acting, mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily great acting, but you know they, they force him to flex his chops a little bit more yeah. than you know punch stuff and make it blow up. So, and that's not a knock on The Rock or Cena. Uh, I respect a lot of what they're doing and in the industry, and I'm I'm very happy to see anybody be successful. So, yes, yeah, that's good on them. Uh, speaking of action movies, um, you know what is the best action film you've ever seen? I'm skipping around a little bit on my list, but no, no, uh, you're good. Um... I'm not really a big action person. I used to be like when, you know, you and I were growing up and it was like you had your Terminators and your Commandos and aliens. All Arnold movies. (laughs) But it really was. I mean, but you also had, what was it? Bloodsport with uh, John Yeah, Van Damme. Yeah, with Van Damme and stuff like that. Um, But I'm not really big into action films. I think probably the best one, the one I kind of always watch is that would be John Wick. That one I can kind of. I don't have to be in the mood for it or anything like that, but I can, I really enjoy John Wick. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, you know, if they were making a movie about your life, um, who would play you? Okay. So back when you and I were working together, if you remember, my hair was kind of throwed out a little bit, you Mm -hmm. um, and (laughs) I would always get when you and I were working together, you know who you look like? You know Darlene from Roseanne? Her boyfriend. You look like Darlene's boyfriend. 
<laughs> I right? was thinking that just now. So, so Darlene's boyfriend is Johnny Galecki, who is uh, Leonard from Big Bang Theory. Yep. So, yeah, I, I gotta go. And that's crazy. I, I never gave it any thought. Like. And then, as you were starting to answer the question, that was the first person that jumped into my mind. Jump, I, I've gotten that since I was like, we're just. I think he's a year older than me. But yeah, well, that, that would that make would sense. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in Christmas Vacation, which came yep. out when we were younger, and you know, you kind of look like him then, even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's just gonna that would just follow you all through. It, it, I, it, really, it truly has. Uh, I've even dressed up as Leonard a few times as, for Halloween. So yeah, that would that would be my pick, Johnny Galecki. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. funny. Darlene's um, boyfriend. Is there a particular uh, part of your life that would make it to screen, or would it be a compilation of? Um, of everything would it be like a biopic or would it be like a, a movie about a certain segment? Um, I don't, you know, I've never really thought about that. Um, you could kind you could probably do a little bit of both like flashbacks almost because, you mm-hmm. know, growing up as a mil- as a Navy brat, you know, you could kind of, you know, I spent some time in Bahrain. Um, spent some time. Oh, I've been to Italy. I've been to Greece. I've been to, you know, the United Kingdom and, uh, from one coast of this country to the other. So you kind of do a little bit of everything, but I think the big thing would probably be like, I don't know, probably like the photography and, you know, the, the mid to late twenties and my early thirties, you know, working for glamour shots and just, you know, that subsection. Now I think I could do something really cool with that. I've actually, I've always talked about it. I never, I probably won't do it, but um, I've always talked about writing a book about just the, crazy shit that goes on at glamour shots or working in the mall or whatever. Um, Behind the lens. So many, there's so many stories about just that in general. It's I've always thought about doing it, but I'll, I probably never will, you know? So. <laughs> hey, you never say never, man. Never yeah. say never. Well, I'm not, uh, my wife is a writer. I'm not, but um, yeah, she's, hey. she's the writer in the family. You know, we talk about pro wrestling a lot and Mick Foley wrote his first book out of, you know, composition books and notepads all by yeah. hand just, and, you know, eventually found all those notes and stuff and turned them into a book. So at some point, you know, you want to do it. Yeah, you'll, yeah, if writing. you want to do it, you'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a great concept. I like it. I like the idea of it. I know that, um, you know, Glamour Shots. Confessions of a mall employee. Right. There's a there's some images that immediately pop into your head. When mm-hmm. you think of glamour shots, and to hear the stories behind some of them would just be hilarious. Oh, and it, it's or disturbing, or both. both. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know, we talk about glamour shots and all that. What? Let's go. What's the most romantic film you've ever seen? I know that doesn't necessarily right, jive with I, glamour I so. shots, I'm, but. I, I'm not. You know, we really, talked about we talked sexy the last time. Yeah. Not sexy. Yeah, Let's I'm talk not, romance. I'm not really a. a romance kind of person as far as like when it comes to like movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think they're cheesy i think they're overrated um you know like you, you turn on your tv right now there's a hallmark movie where they got 24 hours to solve this problem how will they ever do it from two separate worlds he's a mechanic she's a executive for calvin klein and they got 24 and they're gonna fall in love uh, yeah whatever fuck off Dude, um, I, th- I think you just wrote the next one <laughs> yeah i've seen i've seen this plot line before yeah. um but I think like uh, you got mail, you got mail is one of my favorites. But um, I think probably like my most favorite romance movie would probably be uh, uh, Singles, if you remember oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <clears throat> an oldie but goodie. Yeah, and it's you know it's nineties grunge. How can you go wrong? And it's in Seattle. So what what do you define as as romance? And you know, do you have a specific set of criteria that you're looking for or that that tends to kind of keep your interest i know if that's not necessarily your thing um i'm sure there are certain elements that uh that would hold you then there to watch it uh i think um the big one would be realism you know Mm -hmm. like how how truly realistic can this happen you know um for the longest time one of my favorite movies was serendipity with uh john cusack and uh is it Kate Blanchett? No, it's not Kate Blanchett. Who's the who's the the woman from Winslet? Uh, thank no. you from Underworld. Oh, that's um yeah, that's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, okay. 
but yeah, Serendipity was one of my favorite movies for like the longest time. And then I watched it recently and uh, you and I talked about this on the last episode, but uh, it just, it, it doesn't really hold up, you know? And I have this ongoing conversation with a Beck friend of mine. Sale. Sorry. Yeah. Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. Thank you. <laughs> but um, I, we have this conversation about things that would not hold up with a cell phone. Does the movie held up with a cell phone? You take it, you put a cell phone in that movie. Does it hold up? Right. <laughs> and serendipity is one of those movies that doesn't hold up. If you take a cell, you put a cell phone in the picture and it's kind of a newer movie. So like 2003, 2004. So cell phones are a thing, but yeah, that was, so, but uh, you got mail. That's the one I always go back to or singles. That's another one. And that's one of those movies at that particular time. It really, that that's what it was. That's what the dating scene was is, you called an agency and you did this and, you know, you met somebody in a bar and, or at a book stand and, you know, whatever. Man, remember so think- those movies that, uh, that would have a segment of somebody recording a, a dating profile or like the dating profile was like a big, big element mm-hmm. of the film. Man. <laughs> and now, you know, there are a million dating sites out there and, you now know, you do that putting on a Tinder. profile together is just like a thing. Yeah, now you do that exact same thing on Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I uh, I missed all of that. I did. Uh, I I tried Tinder one time right before I met um right before literally like a couple weeks before me and the wife started dating. Um, I went on one Tinder date and it was like the worst date I ever went on in my entire life. And I was like, "Yep, I'm deleting this app." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't know. From the time I started dating, which was a little bit later, I you know I I didn't really. You know, I had a high school girlfriend that I dated all through college, um, but like from then to my wife, I, I didn't have a whole lot of single time in between. You know, I went from one long term relationship to another long term relationship to another long term relationship, and right. um, thankfully. Uh, I was lucky enough to find people that uh, I was interested in and and stayed with for a long time and avoid having to go the route of the dating scene because that that is just terrifying. Yeah, see, I, I, I didn't have that luck at all because I'm, I'm, I'm picky, you know. <laughs> I'm like, dude, if, if I'm in my 30s and I'm dating, like you have to meet a certain set of criteria and you're not following this criteria, you're out. <clears throat> so I, I'm picky. <clears throat> <laughs> What's um, what what? Uh, gosh, I'm sorry, I got tongue twisted. Easy for you, say. Yeah. Do you you like musicals? Um, not not particularly. I can watch them, but I, I mm-hmm. they're okay. Um, if you had to pick one as a favorite, uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, we watched that during COVID, and I was just, both of us were just blown away I, and i got disney plus specifically for hamilton you know it's so you hear like man. all the things about like oh it's a great broadway show it's this it's that and all that kind of stuff and then it's so COVID, impressive it came out it was like okay well we got to get disney plus specifically for hamilton and, and, and i always said if it ever came anywhere near philly uh, gotta go we'd break into the 401k to go see it oh but, wow yeah it's, it's a great it's coming thing. it's coming here next year um and then I saw tickets at uh, Chrysler Hall behind a pillar for five hundred dollars. Yeah, like you're looking at the seating chart, yep. and directly in front of one of the seats is a is a pillar, and that that seat was five hundred dollars. So we were kind of um, just kind of looking at like, okay, so there's a bunch of con- people are back on the road, people are touring again. There's concerts coming to Philly. There's stuff coming to Harrisburg and Hershey. All right, let's kind of plan out like what we want to do and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, like the weekend came a couple of weeks ago. Like, oh, I'd really like to go see the weekend. And he was coming to the link where the Eagles play. Yeah. And all the way up there, way up in the nosebleeds, the very, very, <laughs> very, very, very last row um, was like $300. I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, oh, and by sorry. the way, um, that's also where WrestleMania 40 is. I expect you to be there. I'll do my best. Right. I'm I'm seriously considering it, so we'll no, see no, no, how no. I, how things gotta, shake out. You got a place to stay. You got a ride. You're coming up here for WrestleMania 40. That's all I'm saying. Hey, we'll and, see oh, how it goes. Chris, I know you're listening to this. You can come too. <laughs> um, 
Well, if you're not big into musicals, what's the film that has the best soundtrack? There's so many. There are so there's literally so many. Um, there's Judgment Night. There's Spawn. Um, Last Action Hero. That was a really good one too. Uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America. That was a good one. My, I kind of lean between either the Forrest Gump soundtrack. I know I had a lot of Forrest Gump last time. Hey, you, or, you did um, Forrest Gump enough last time. I I would have been disappointed when you if you didn't mention it this time but, around. But it, it, it's such a great soundtrack. It takes a lot of boxes, man. It, 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 it just does. does. But the same. But on the other hand, you also have Almost Famous, and that has even more boxes than Forrest Gump. So my answer is going to be Forrest, uh, Almost Famous. Almost Famous. That is a tremendous movie and a great great soundtrack yeah see i like the sound but it's one of those movies where i like the soundtrack more and i like the movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) the tiny dancer scene is is so iconic though yes where they're in the bus and everybody just kind of breaks out in song like that's just it's such a feel-good moment and you kind of feel yourself doing it while you're watching the movie my uncle though my uncle who's the uh the joker of the family he's forever changed the lyrics to that song to um counting headlights on or instead of counting headlights on the highway it's counting headlights on the highway uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. everybody butchers that song either intentionally or unintentionally but you yeah. know, the, the whole tony danza thing count the headlights on the highway, all that um doesn't take away from it being a brilliant song and in uh, a, a really yeah. awesome movie so good choice good choice um what is the best film you've ever seen that you never want to see again? Taxi Driver. Yeah. Taxi Driver. Yeah. Ah. Now, what makes it uh, something that you don't need to see again? Um, it's one of those movies that I, I never saw for like the longest time. And then when it came out on like on DVD or a special edition of DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, like I it was so hyped up. Like, oh, it's one of the greatest films of all time. And I finally watched it. And... It not only did it live up to the hype, but surpassed the hype, and it was so perfect. I, I don't want to ruin that. Yeah, I see. So it's just, you don't want to I'm, go back I'm and rewatch it. I'm good. Just you know, it lived. It lived up to the expectations. I don't want to tarnish that. So I'm I'm good. That's uh, that's a good choice. That's and and that's a good solid reasoning behind it. Yeah. You know, I've I've heard folks give answers of movies that were really good, but tied to a traumatic event in their life, or, you know, it, it was a really good movie, but it had a twist in it. And now they can't watch it again because it's already been spoiled. Yeah, and, and, and there's a couple of movies I have that are like that, but, uh, I, but I, I like how many going... people go back and rewatch the sixth sense? Really? You know, you, you might, you might, some people might rewatch it once just to see if they can pick up on all the, any of the clues. But once you've done that, like how, how often do people really go back and revisit that? I don't know. Yeah. But that for me, uh, I don't really have much of a desire because I know kind of where it ends. Right. His last movie, um, old, did, have you seen that one? I have not, but I've, I've heard enough of the synopsis around it. So yeah, it's, it's, it, again, it's kind of similar, like what you're talking about of like, I don't want to necessarily go back, back and watch, see if I can pick up the clues. Cause I kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. let it sit in, the old noggin for a little bit and see yeah. how it simmers and marinates. And I can put my own spin on it instead of like, okay, that, Oh, so that's where it was, you know, that kind mm. of thing. What's a film that you love, but you don't expect anyone else to love it. Ex Machina. Yeah. Yeah. What, why, why do you like that one have so much? Se- have you seen it? I have not. Okay. Are you familiar with it? I am. It's the robot girl. Yeah. 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 It's the robot girl. And it's actually, it's funny. If you know what you're looking for, it's actually, um, people from Star Wars that are in it, and they're also in several other other movies. So, uh, so Oscar, uh, what's his name? Moon Knight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he's yeah. So Oscar he's Isaac. In it. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's is in it, and then the redheaded general from uh from uh mm-hmm. Star last set of Star Wars movies, he's in it, and they can kind of flip roles, and it's a uh, just it's a really brilliant movie, and it's. It's scientific. There's some thriller into it. There's some horror aspects and kind of meets all the criteria that I, I like in movies. It's it's an independent movie, but it's not an independent movie because it's got a budget. Yeah, it kind gotcha. of checks all the boxes off for me. How's the CGI in it? Because I, I know that, um, you know, there's probably a lot of effects-driven scenes. 
Well, there, there's there's some effects driven scenes, but it's more of like, um, and, and I watched the making of it. But the, the robot, she she's an AI, and they're doing was it called a truancy test or something like that, where you're uh, a computer programmer does a test with a computer or its um, database or whatever the lingo is. I'm not out there shit about computers. But uh, they do a test on it to, uh, you know, see like a the test AI, and that's what the whole movie is based around. And it starts off as uh, the guy who built the robot, and he's talking with a computer programmer. Well, well what do you think of her? And he starts going into like all this computer mumbo jumbo scientific stuff that you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't understand physics. And Oscar Isaac says, wait, 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 wait. Just tell me how you feel. And from that point on, it gets very simplified. To answer your question, the CGI, the robot has like her center piece, like her torso. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a clear mesh, blue mesh or whatever. And uh, they've done a really, really good job. Same thing they did like a cybernetic hand where she peels her skin off and they put like she take peels her face off and just, or she peels her face on. They did a really, really, really good job with it. And okay. it, it's very smooth too for what the budget they had. Uh, and it, it's only, the movie is only like three people and it's in this little build and it's in this house and it's, yeah, they did a fantastic job with it. There's a, very um, cool. a claustrophobia to it. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff they did. And you don't really expect other folks to, uh, to really gravitate I don't necessarily know if I expect it for other folks to like it or not. It's just, for me, it's one of those movies that I, it, it touches, it checks so many boxes off for me. Okay. It's got the sci-fi element to it. It's got the horror element to it. It's got the thriller element to it. It's got the intimacy, the claustrophobia, the schizophrenia, blah, 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 like all the things that I kind of like in a movie. Like a movie like uh, Hard Candy, if you saw that one. I, I love candy. that movie. But I was thinking very, Photo Booth. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those movies. It's got a very um, weird feel to it that mm-hmm. I, I really like. And I, I know some people do. Some people yeah, Hard Candy is, a, is an interesting one. I, I don't know why, but when you were describing all of those different elements, and I was thinking of a film that I personally like that I don't know if a lot of people really gravitate towards. I was thinking Photo Booth with Robin mm-hmm. Williams. You know, just because... It's jarring for folks to see Robin Williams as. Um, oh no, you're you talking know, kind of, uh, one hour photo. One hour photo, thank you. Yeah, because you said thank photo you, booth. I was like, are you talking about phone booth? With no, Colin phone Hale? phone booth disappointed me. To be honest, that yeah. that one with Kiefer Sutherland and um, Will Ferrell and no, not Will Colin Ferrell. Colin uh, Colin. <laughs> Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Different kind of movie uh, with Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah, if it, if it was Will Ferrell, I'm in a glass, I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> yeah. Um, now that one, that one, that one didn't hold me. I, I wanted, to, I wanted to defend it, and I, I just couldn't. But um, one hour photo was so dark, and it was so jarring to have Robin Williams in that role. I could see folks saying, "Yeah, this is good," but I don't, yeah, you know, I don't jive with it. Um. If you were to make your own film, what's something that's out there that is the closest to a film that you would have made? Uh, two movies. Um, Pie by uh, Darren Aronofsky. And then there was a movie that came out maybe a year or two ago called um, Malcolm and Marie. Did you see mm-hmm. that one on Netflix? No. Um, that's got uh, John Washington or uh, Childish Gambino. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. Zadea in it. And it's both of them, Pi and Malcolm and Marie. They, uh, they're black and white. They're shot with handheld cameras. And essentially, it's a very small cast. Uh, Malcolm and Marie is two people. And it's a couple essentially like breaking up. And again, kind of going into that claustrophobia, you know, but, but that intimacy, they're in a house and it's a couple and they're only two in this house and they're off in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they're arguing and it's just that intimacy of like you and your wife going on vacation. It's just you two, you know, and I'm okay. sure you've had those moments where like you're just not getting along that particular night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. And it's, 
the way they shot it and the way it's edited and yeah, it's both those movies are kind of what I would kind of what I would do. Okay. That's interesting. That makes sense given your, your photography background and your, you know, kind of eye for simplicity. And yeah. Uh, when I, got, when I got into photography, um, you know, again, back in, back in our day in the early night, late eighties, early nineties, I got into photography and I was really inspired by like really clean lines and really sharp blacks, really sharp whites. And like the Calvin Klein, Claudia Schiffer guests, Cindy Crawford, you know, that kind of her wits kind of uh, style of photography and uh, Darren Aronofsky and Mark Romanek, David Fincher, um, a lot of those guys, I get a lot of my inspiration from um, even uh, Spike Lee. He's another one that I get a lot of inspiration from the way they use camera movements or the way they shoot things from a different angle, the way things are framed, uh, the lighting. So that's with those movies I just mentioned, uh, Pi and Malcolm, you know, those that's kind of my style. So, yeah, that's kind of what I if I was a do a movie. That's kind of what I would do is just do it low budget. Let's go and let's go and just keep it to a, you know, three person cast or whatever, and just tell a, an amazing personal story. Awesome. Awesome. I think that's really interesting. It's, uh, it makes me want to go check out uh, Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, it, it's, it's really, it's, it's really good. But, uh, but, but again, uh, it, it starts off very, very lovingly. You know, they, they come back from a high of going to a movie premiere and then it just, it tanks mm. from there and it goes from like late at night into sunrise. And it's that those few hours of them together. It's like, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. I think you would like it. Okay. Noted. Um, what's a film that you've never seen and you think it's crazy that you've never seen it. All right. Don't, don't hang up on me. Okay. The Godfather. <laughs> I've never seen you know, I will for you know what I can forgive that, and I'm a lot of movie buffs. I think uh, would probably want to crucify you over that, yeah, burn you as a witch or whatever. But it's one of those movies that has made it into the zeitgeist where you know so much about the movie already. If well, you see, didn't go, and see that's it, probably why I haven't seen it because I've seen like I, essentially I kind of know what happens. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it. You know, whether flipping through mm-hmm. like HBO or TBS or whatever, and you'll watch like the first half an hour and then you got to go off to work or you come home and it's like the last half an hour. So I'm pretty sure I've seen it in its entirety, but I've never sat down and watched it from start to finish. Yeah. You know, and there and it's it's the inspiration for so many other movies. It has um, iconic lines like you've hit. I'm sure you've hit all the high points from it without actually experiencing it all the way through. So yes, I agree. It is kind of crazy. Yeah. It is kind of crazy that you haven't seen it, but I don't feel like you have missed out on the Godfather experience. Either. No, and it was one of those things, like I said, I've never seen Scarface. You'd be like, okay. Like again, I, you know, enough mm-hmm. where you can kind of get by like, <laughs> yeah, you know, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> We pull out the gun, you know that scene, you know, and you kind of get away with it. All the coke and all of that, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I've never seen The Godfather start to finish. Oh, and that, and that is, and I think about it, and that's kind of crazy to me because I feel like it's one of those movies like I should have seen by now, and I should own it, you know, and I should have the <laughs> box set with all the movies. But yeah, I just I've never seen them. Not a one. Well, what is a film that you would show a prospective uh, lover or companion? to test and see if they are compatible. Okay. So I, I have, I'm married to my very, 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 very best friend and we cannot be further apart in movies. Right. So the first, our first date, we went to get, we went out to dinner and then we went to go see uh, Mad Max Fury road. And the entire time she's sitting next to me, she's like, what the fuck is this? And then like <laughs> she said yes to another date with me and then a second date and then a third date. And the third date, we went to go see Ex Machina. And that one she loved. She was like, oh, wow, this is so intense. I love it. And all that kind of stuff. And then we went to go see uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy. And she was kind of digging that. And then we saw Star Wars. And she was so bored, she pulled out her phone in the middle of Star Wars. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, and I, and like all of, her, all of her movies suck. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yeah, we cannot be further apart. So I don't necessarily know how to answer that because there really isn't a like. You don't have breaker. a deal breaker movie. Now, I will say this. Um, when I was thinking about it er- earlier, I dated a girl when I was in college. Maybe it was a little bit later than that, but I dated a girl once. And um, Mr. Bean goes on vacation or Mr. Bean's holiday. Uh, mm-hmm. That came out. I didn't really care for the first Mr. Bean movie, but the second one I really, really liked. And I was kind of pumped. So we went to go see that and the entire time. She's like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And okay, I'm out. I'm done. If you can't <laughs> get my sense of humor, we're, we're, we're done. So I don't necessarily know if that's like a deal breaker or anything like that, but there are. Yeah. Well, it's, it helps, you know, it helps you figure out if you're compatible and it's not, it's not a one-to-one indicator by any means, you know, you, you get folks that are on different ends of the, uh, the taste spectrum, political spectrum, whatever that fall in love and live perfectly happy lives. Oh, yeah, and, you if know, you're man. just feeling somebody out, it's a, it's really easy to use things like your taste in TV and movies or music as a little bit of a filter mm-hmm. and say, do they fit? Uh, do they work with me? Maybe, maybe not, but all signs point to know if they don't yeah, like. And, and it's funny know. you say that, Neil, because Denise and I, we, we are in ever in a lot of different ways. We are on so opposite ends of the spectrum. It's not even funny. You know, I, I'm kind of, I tend to lean a little bit more to like the heavier stuff, not necessarily just like heavy metal or whatever, but I do tend to lean towards more of the heavier stuff when it comes to music, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And she's more like the pretty glossy, you know, top 40 or, right. or 80s stuff. So she really likes like uh, Cindy Lauper and Alonso Morissette and uh, Edie Brickell. And I'm over here listening to like Romstein and, um, <laughs> you know, jay-z and you know nwa and all that kind of stuff so it's yeah but we do have but then you know we watch something like you know the elvis presley movie which i cannot highly recommend that was amazing but then you know we like elvis together and we like um you know john mellencamp and there's a guy named brian fallon who i introduced her to and he's kind of like that americana kind of punk rock like if john mellencamp or bruce springsteen did punk that's what this guy sounds like. And he was, we played him at our wedding. He was our first dance. So nice. I, I, we're all on completely different ends of the spectrum, but we find that common ground. And some of the things that she come like, oh, I really like this. Like, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. So she surprises me all the time with stuff she likes of mine, but her music still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, niece. <sighs> what is the film that made you the most uncomfortable to sit and watch? American History X. Ooh, that is an uncomfortable film. Yeah, Fight the Curb. That uh, uh, it's, but it's the whole movie. It's it, yeah, it's the whole. It's, it's the, a whole movie of that. Yeah, yeah it, it's. I mean, that's like that's that's. We're just getting started with the curb stomp. I mean, it, it's yeah. That's what. But those. It is one of those movies that I feel like. Um, American History X, kids, and uh, there was another one I had Oof, in there for kids. a while too, but it was like. This should be required viewing in public schools, you know. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those movies. I, uh, it, it, it's it's hard to watch, but it's real, you know. Yeah, like that that shit happens all the time. Um, yeah, for, <laughs> for sure. Think about that curb stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a rough moment in a in in a rough film. So. Yeah. Um, like I said, it only gets it only gets worse. That's yeah. just a start. Well, let's switch it up. If you were, say you're babysitting. Okay. And you've got to pass the time by showing a kid a movie. Okay. The kid can be whatever age. Well, how uh, old do you babysit- want to be? That's up to you. That's up to you. You know, if somebody's going to let you watch their kid, you figure they're probably somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, five to 10 years old. Okay. Well, if, I was, that, if I was chilling with my niece and nephew, they're like uh, 10 and 12, 10 and 13. If I was mm-hmm. showing my niece and nephew, I'd probably put on like uh, Star Wars or like one of the Marvel movies, you know, because um, both of them like that stuff. So that's what I would tend to go lean towards. Mm-hmm. If I was going younger, 
uh, I, I really, uh, really enjoyed Luca, like we were talking about. Um, yeah. My wife picked it up on um, at the at the library. She's just like, hey, I saw it was a Pixar movie. You like Pixar. And I thought you'd like to see it. And and I really enjoyed that. And I think that's, that's another one that we could kill like a good hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. There you go. So I'd, I would probably you- lean towards something like uh, Star Wars or uh, like a Pixar movie. Do you remember as a kid, um, either a babysitter or a relative or even your folks letting you watch something that was uh, probably not (laughs) kosher for your age group? Conan the Barbarian. (laughs) Not Conan the Destroyer, not the good one, but Conan the Barbarian. Uh, I can remember I was probably six or seven and somebody somewhere showed it to me and you see the first set of boobies and you're just like. Hey, hey, I'm not supposed to see that, you know? Um, <laughs> and now I can't stop wanting to see that. <laughs> yeah. And then you see somebody get their head cut off and go rolling down a hill and just. And you're like, let me see those boobies again. Where's what happened to the naked chick? Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, yeah. I, 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 there was, there was a few of them. Um, but again, like we were talking about like action movies, you know, you talk about like predator and aliens and jaws and poltergeist, like, we were like what six or seven when all that stuff came out. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But we saw it. You know. <laughs> yeah, we all we all saw we it. All saw it. Yeah, you look you at know? you look at the time frame when these movies came out and kind of when you figure you you've probably experienced them and you're like, yeah, I was definitely too young for that. Yeah, I mean, I can remember seeing like Texas Chainsaw. Well, actually, I wasn't I was in high school when I saw Texas Chainsaw, but like. It was like 87. We're going to see Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and where they were rated R and there was, you know, Skinamax playing, you know, um, before somebody got a machete through their skull. And first we were like naked 10. body. When we were 10 or 11 years old when we watched that shit. I was going to say the first naked bodies I ever saw on TV was the movie Carrie. <laughs> like, that's a that's a whole you know messed up weirdness already the movie kind of opens on a girl's locker room shower scene oh that's right you well, know I remember and she her gets her period her towards the end and like you're a dirty girl and no uh, it's it starts with her getting her period in the girl's that's locker room right. and there's naked um you know women walking around all over the place my mom well even like this t- well even the shining i mean that's got naked people in it too so yeah Stephen but King I didn't see this. I saw that. I saw Carrie before I saw any of those. And you know, my my mom and dad, they just they yeah, to watch a movie. Nope. They Where'd you go? Pop that in, them. and next thing you know, hey, there's some movies walking across the screen. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, um, what is a film that changed your mind or changed your life? You watched this and you just said, "Man, I uh, I have a new perspective on the world." Do the right thing. Ah, a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Yeah, elaborate. Right what, what, what about it spoke um, to you? If I remember correctly, like, I don't necessarily remember when it came out, but I do remember seeing it like around the time of uh, Rodney King and the LA riots. And just, uh, I, I'm a white kid, you know. <laughs> I, I went to a school mostly, I've, all, I've always gone to school. Uh, uh, you know, I've been a minority and I've never thought about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I never thought about like, uh, you know. There, there's a black kid sitting next to me or there's this kid who's a Muslim or what I've never seen. I don't look at color, if that makes sense. You know, I, obviously, yeah, obviously you're a black man, you know, obviously, but I've never looked at you as a black man. I've always looked at you as like, you know, you're my friend, you're, you're a brother, you're a, a father, you're a husband or son, you know, you just, you just don't look alike, you know, just because you yeah. don't look alike doesn't mean anything. But uh, if I remember correctly, when Rod, when do the right thing came out, it really, especially at that time when I was 11, 12, 13 years old, when I first saw it, it really put things in the perspective of putting, put yourself into other people's shoes, you know, mm-hmm. and try yeah. to see things from their point of view and not just yours. Don't be so closed minded. So that would probably be, yeah, probably do the right thing. But well, there's other movies out there like Boys in the Hood where that kind of, it kind of did the same thing to me as well, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate the fact that that's a message that you could take from that, um, you know, from something that came out when you were about 12. So, uh, you know, good on you, Charlie. Well, see, like, good well, my, my, my family's from Carolina and uh, I'm, I grew up primarily in Virginia Beach and we got stationed there in 
84, 85. And, you know, there's just always been people of different backgrounds in my life. You know, like um, I could go around the corner and pick up my best friend, uh, it, white dude, blonde hair. And I would go around the corner and we'd pick up uh, two Filipino brothers and then their sister. And we'd go around the corner and pick up a black kid and pick up another couple of white dudes. And it was just like little rascals. And you had people of every different ethnicity and background and color and creed. And, and you don't even think about it. When you're you, a kid, it, you don't even think about it. You, your you friends are your friends. You didn't. And that's what I'm saying. It's just like, I never, you know, and I worked with you when I worked with you, I worked with a bunch of Filipino and Korean kids. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I, I asked I my, know. I didn't know. Whenever I, mean, I asked I my daughter, care. the only thing I cared about is oh. if like, if you're cool or not, you know, if you're, right. if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. It doesn't matter what color of skin you are. You know, it's just, if you're a dickhead, you're a dickhead. And yeah. I knew a lot of really cool people, you included. And, and, you know, just being that young, it was just like, really just uh, made you, at least for me, it made me think of like, okay, just because I don't see you in that way, doesn't mean that the world doesn't. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I was I was gonna say it's really funny how kids are. You know, my my daughter is four and some change. She she turns five pretty soon, and if I ask her about her friends, she never describes them using skin color. Mm-hmm. Even though it's usually one of the more obvious ways to describe a person, you know, uh, I'll ask her about a friend and I. And she'll tell me, oh, we did this, this, and this. I was like, well, which one is that? And she'll be like, you know, the one with the bow in her hair, mm-hmm. the boy with uh, short hair. Yeah. Or, you know, something like she she almost never describes a, a person as having dark skin or light skin, yeah. even if that would immediately narrow it down. Or yeah, she, like she I'm going to other things. Little it's black just boy that, down the street or whatever. It's just. It's just like she doesn't even think about it. No, I think that's don't. awesome. You know, not. Kids are simple and and uh, their lives are uncomplicated and you love to see that for as long as you can allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean, like one of one of my one of my very best friends. I've known him since I moved to Virginia. Uh, we went through you know fifth grade, sixth grade, all the way up into like our first year of college. Um, you know, he's been one of my very best friends. He's a black kid, you know. And again, I never mm-hmm. thought about it. I'm just going to hey, I want to go hang out with Leon. <laughs> you know, it, it, it yeah. never crosses my mind. And, um, you know, and him and I have had a lot, a lot of like really difficult and really hard conversations about, you know, like, you know, George Floyd and just, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but it's just. I'm, no, you know, you know, the, the, the cr- cool thing about it at the end of the day is, you know, we are different mm-hmm. and we're all the same. And to be able to acknowledge that uh, there are differences in our backgrounds, in the way we're brought up, and the way the world sees us allows us to get back to focusing on the things that are that make us the same. Yeah, and, you know. And I mean, so honestly, and I don't like like I just said, I don't care who you know. If you're cool, you're cool. I don't care who you sleep with. You know, I don't care who you share household with or who you pray to or what color your skin is or if you came from this country or if you came from, you know, South Africa. If you're cool, you're cool. That's Yeah, just don't be a dick. Exactly. You know, if you're an That's asshole, a- you're an asshole. Then, you know. could, have, could have rewritten the Bible in one line. Don't, don't be, a, be dick. a dick. There you go. Line okay. one, page cut one, off nine, paragraph Cut out nine don't commandments right there. Here's your one commandment. Don't, don't be, be a dick. dick. You know, speaking of speaking of commandments, just kind of lighten the mood up a little bit. I was yeah. I've always liked liked uh, History of the World Part One. Oh, that's I've such a great movie. 15. Ten, Ten commandments. Ten commandments. Oh, man, that's so it's such a great movie, and it's so funny. Mel Brooks really had his finger on the button on the pulse when he was making stuff like that. Um, you know, he he also has a a skit about the inquisition in there and it gets lost yeah because everybody always remembers um you know the monty python no one expects the spanish inquisition but mel brooks version with the uh the musical number of the inquisition is you know i find every bit as entertaining Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, did he, did, didn't he turn into like a show tune or something like that? Yeah, it was. It was. It had like synchronized swimming yes. and all sorts of stuff. The Inquisition. Yep. What a shame. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen. Like, I haven't seen History of the World in a, in a while. <laughs> There's a part where they're um they they're riding in a chariot away from the uh, Roman guards and. Uh, they they pull over. Gregory Hines has him pull over because uh, he he notices the plants on the side of the road and he's like it's wacky weedus. Yeah. So he gi- rolls up this gigantic joint. Gigantic. And, uh, yeah, I do remember that. And has the smoke flying in, in the faces of the guys chasing him. <laughs> the, the commander's like, "You go that way. You go that way. I'm gonna stand right here, and walk in a circle." And it always got me. Uh, and Madeline Kahn was uh, brilliant in that too. Yeah. yeah, she was she was one of the uh, one of the the Greek women or Roman women. I don't remember now, but uh, you know they pour in her wine, and the guy says, "Say when?" She goes, eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> anyway, like I said, it's been a while since I've seen a lot of his movies. The last one I can remember seeing was uh, Men in Tights. Men in Tights. Yeah, another good one. I, I've got an interesting. Uh, and what makes, you, and what makes you Robin Hood? I can speak with the English accent or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was great. A little dig at Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, the chastity belt—it's an everlast. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great one. That was a lot of fun. I think at the time it didn't get great reviews, but I think anybody that remembers it, you know, that's our age, thinks of it fondly. Um, this, and it's this, got, and my, it's got this, skinny Dave Chappelle. This is this is my son a chew with no. This is my friend a chew with his son a sneeze. Bless you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's got they, a, it's got skinny Dave Chappelle. They've stolen the castle. I thought it got a wee bit drafty. <laughs> Did you say Abe Lincoln? No, 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 no I said no. hey Lincoln. Lincoln. I said hey Blinken. Ah oh, man, uh, skinny well, Dave Chappelle Charlie, no, with uh, no facial hair. Right. We uh we've made it to the end of our time. Okay. Uh if you had one film that you could leave your loved ones in your will so that they would think about you whenever they watch it, what is this movie going to be? <laughs> oh brother where art thou? <laughs> <laughs> why why would your friends and family think of Oh Brother Where Art? It's because thou? of the sense of humor. It's a stupid movie with stupid sense of humor. And I'm always quoting it, and uh, yeah, it's like told it's it's me. Like there you go. I'm a Dapper Dan man. God damn it, you know. <laughs> I don't want pop. Um, and what's the other one? He, uh, them sirens did this to Pete. You know, just they turned him into a horny toad. Yeah, that's uh, I quote that movie like all the time, and that's just it's my sense of humor. It's right up my alley. It's probably like one of the few George Clooney movies I like, other than like the uh, the Oceans movies. Like, right? Oh, brother is like my favorite movie of his. Oh, those are good, and and that's a great film. Talk about a movie with a good song in it, man. Oh, it's not even just a good song; it's a great soundtrack. Like, uh, yeah, Allison Krauss is on it, and a bunch of other people. But just like for bluegrass, old, old school like country and bluegrass mm-hmm. and folk music, it's. It's so good. So good. And it's funny because there's a band I like uh, called uh, Dead South and they do um, You Are My Sunshine. And if you listen to the words to like You Are My Sunshine, it's like that is a very dark, and deep, depressing song. And it's almost yeah, violent, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, like you watch a movie like Oh Brother where they're like, and these boys are going to listen. You are my sunshine, you know, and it's this, and they have the church sing it and they turn it into this beautiful thing. It's just like, dude, if you listen to the words, that song is kind of dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm singing it with my daughter. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we, we're not going to sing this whole song. We're just going to well, like, well, somebody was uh, well, in a dark place when they wrote this. <laughs> well, Charlie Thrower, you have been reborn. Yes. Go forth. And live the rest of your life with purpose and vigor. Thank you so much for joining me. Hallelujah. Uh, Praise Jesus. Restarting the second season of uh, Cinema Is Life. I'm glad to have you on here. I love you. <laughs> it's all love, But just because I love you doesn't mean I like you. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I like you too. 
Uh. All right, man. Well, thanks again for, for taking the time for everybody listening out there. We hope to have more episodes for you very, very soon. And um, until then, you're not going to have more episodes. Neil's lazy. He doesn't want to get off of his ass. He's sitting at home (laughs) playing Xbox. He doesn't want to do this job. He hates it. (laughs) If only, if only, but uh, again, thank you for having me. And uh, I greatly appreciate round two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, if I ever come up with a round three, I'll make sure to keep you in mind. Hey, on that note, we will catch you next time. Can I just tell you, Thanks not to interrupt you. you, can I just tell you, like, Bailey is looking fine as hell right now? <laughs> no, seriously, I just happened to look over Monday Night Raw and Bailey is hot. Anyway, <laughs> you can close up now. All good. All good.